the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome, welcome to the program. It is the date day edition of the show. 340-9585 is the number to call to talk with Paula. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life. It's a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, questions about church, whatever is on your heart. We need only to have you call us. Again, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. If you have questions you would prefer to email, you can email to questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and everything else will be hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bish. This is a neat day. It's been it's been a beautiful day outside. Absolutely. But we, we didn't, I mean, we've just been enjoying each other. We haven't even taken time to talk about what you want to talk about on the show. So this is like a complete surprise to me. Me too. <laughs> Well, okay, write this down. we got 57 minutes to go. Okay. Okay. Somebody better call in and ask a question. No, no, no. Um, you know, it is a beautiful day, and I'm so grateful. And, and I'm just, you know, trying to remember every day that we get to get up. Period. There it is. I'm done. Okay, bye. <laughs> Love you guys. No. Um, but I was thinking today how God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. And so I was reading in Psalm 10 today. And uh, for, you know, we've been talking about a lot of people going through things um, and how God does not forget. In Psalm 10, starting in verse 12, it says, Arise, Lord, lift up your hand. Uh, the Somebody's trying to text me, and so it covered up my, my Bible oh, right there. Okay, I can read it. Arise, <laughs> Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? But you, O God, do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take it in hand. The victim commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Yes. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. Here's the the goodest part. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. And I I know in some of the other um, versions, in fact, yours says, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, in order that man who is of the earth may terrify no more. You know, a lot of people are going through things, and it's just not fair. 
and and we live in a world that's just not fair. Um, you know, I have a couple of ladies who are stuck in a marriage where the husband has abandoned them, but he won't sign the papers. So they're stuck. And I keep telling them, okay, there's got to be a way. And one of them is really, she's looked at every avenue, and she's just stuck. But I can tell her that God does not forget. He sees it all, and he is fair, and that he will he will take care of her in the end. But that's for everybody, for all of us. Yeah. That, that's that's the, the spiritual side of it. But just, just so people understand, th- this lady needs a new lawyer be- because there are ways out. There's no fault divorce. And when people have abandoned, so she's not stuck. I, I think a lot of times we men try to make, make people feel like they're helpless and they can't do anything. But we can. She just needs somebody who... who will go fight for her, but but there's always a way out. You see, that's the Holy Spirit right there, depositing that in you, Pastor Ron, that you heard this affliction and the oppressed, we're going to find a way out of this. So, thank you. But, um, yeah, but God doesn't forget. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody else, and um, at the prayer breakfast, she was reminded of a prayer that she had prayed many, 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 20 years ago. And it just came to pass, and she was just, uh, uh, people say, what, beyond the moon, over the moon? Over the moon. Excited and, and thankful to the Lord because, you know, after a while you pray for something for so long, and it's almost like it's never going to happen. But God doesn't forget. And there it was, and it was, she was so changed, um, and it, she realizes now that God had to prepare her to be able to receive yeah. this wonderful gift blessing for her. You know, it's, it's always frustrating that uh, we're in such a hurry, and God is saying, well, I am too, but you won't let me hurry. <laughs> and, and you know, I, we could step up our preparation process, I think, mm-hmm. a whole bunch. But yeah. that, that's always neat to hear. You know, as one who prayed for me for 13 years, uh, every day you would pray or journal your prayer, mm-hmm. the, the devil would say, this is never going to happen. It can't happen. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just think it's one of those things we can say, okay, Lord, what are we waiting for? Yeah. If it's me, let me move out of the way. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes, Paula, we get so consumed by our own pain in the middle of something that we're praying for mm-hmm. that we stop short of saying, okay, God, show me if it's me mm-hmm. that's hindering this. We've talked about on this program before, uh, you prayed for me for 13 years, but 10 of those years uh, were with the wrong motive. Yeah. And God was saying, get out of the way. Let me let me deal with you. No, I want you to fix him. Yeah. Lord, fix him. Fix him or kill him. And, and so that, that's just the human that's nature and the enemy yeah. that wants to, to take advantage of our flesh. Yeah. Um, but, but I think every time that we're not getting our prayers answered, especially if it's a generic prayer that we can pretty well see that's in God's will. You knew me being getting saved was in God's will. Yeah. I think all we have to do is say, okay, Lord, show me. Yeah. You know, I've done a, a Bible study on Hannah. Um, she wanted a baby so bad, and mm. she was so jealous, uh, told her husband, give me a baby. Mm. You know, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and then I love him yeah. because his response was, aren't I better than did you? <laughs> no, no, give me a child. Uh, but, yeah. but, but see, she wanted a child. God was preparing her for a very special child. Yeah. And, and she was sort of impeding the progress toward getting that prayer answered. And then as she surrendered to the Lord, when she finally got to the place where she could cry out, Lord, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. You give me a son, I'll give him to you. Mm-hmm. God says, there's what I was waiting for. No longer does she want a child for herself. Now she wants one for me. And that's when God could really answer that prayer. Yeah. And I think that principle is so important for us uh, because there's just too many people who, who are crying out, why aren't you answering my prayer? And God's answer would be, if he could see us face to face, God's answer would be, because you won't let me yet. Yeah. I'm trying to prepare you for what I want to do for you. And uh, in, in your case, your friend, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've had prayers that's taken 20 years to answer. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that today too. But, okay, Pastor Ron, just for a second before we go to this next thing. So are you saying that, I'm kind of like Hannah in in that I was praying for a man just to take me to church. 
And then I got this special man who I get to go to church a lot. And But no, <laughs> seriously, um, I'm very, very grateful because God had to prepare me because I was praying. Yeah, but that's, that, yeah, and that's not what I was saying. I it, know it, it wasn't going to church. What you, were, what you were praying is, Lord, bring me another man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who will take me to church. Yes. And and he did. Yeah. You're a second Corinthians yeah. five seventeen yeah. man. And so it's it's just been a you know, sometimes I'll just stop and I'll think, Wow God. Only you knew, you know. Because um, we are we're pretty blessed people. Yeah. Yeah. We've got you know, a Paul, great family. But, and I don't know where you're going next, but but um we're 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 sort of grieving, um, you know. We're as we get older, we know older people, mm-hmm. and older people get sick and they die, and and uh, especially with with COVID and all the other things that are going on, uh, people with cancer and uh, one of my dear friends um, um, is is battling cancer and his mother just died today. And and it's just one phone call after another, after another, after another, and we're dealing with all of this stuff. Um, and yet, um, God has allowed us to be so involved in so many people's lives that we get to share their time of grief with them, just as we've shared the wonderful times of joy mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is a blessing. You know, um, there are people that God has deposited so deeply in our hearts that we get we get a bad news from a doctor's report. Uh, I'm thinking about Pamela mm-hmm. and, and, and others. You know, uh, all we want to do is see him and hug him. And and we know they're fighting, yeah. But um, it, it's it's a privilege to be in their lives at times like this. Yeah, it's it's painful. Yeah, but it's a privilege and an honor. Yeah. So where I was going to go next is, um, you know, twenty plus years because we're we're talking about unusual kindness as far as a restaurant you know that the free restaurant that's coming up um and you asked me i don't know a week or so ago how long has that been on the burner you know talking about praying for something and then maybe not praying for it for a while and then now here it is the lord said i didn't forget Mm -hmm. so uh pastor ron you start praying about this and then pastor ron share it with the church and that's been kind of a a spooky thing. It's, it almost kind of reminds me of, you know, when Pastor Troy was here, when the Lord told him to get out of the military, <laughs> that he was going to be a pastor. And in the once he got out of the military, the Lord had him doing some other things. And some of his ex-military guys saw him, like, fixing sandwiches at a sandwich shop. And they're like, this is what a pastor does? You know, so it was kind of embarrassing there for a while. But you know what? When you take those steps of faith, we're going to be tested. And so um, when I was looking up how long ago that was, you were talking about this before we left California to come here. You know, there was a... Yeah, I think the Lord, Paul, you write things down because, you know, it's important we remember these yeah, things. Yeah, just a crazy. It, so it was like... 28 years ago, you know, we have, in fact, I was looking up the list and there's, there's uh, not just a free restaurant, but a house for unwed mothers, you know, and I was like, well, that's, we kind of got that with, con- with, with men house. I know, but I'm saying yeah. that, that yeah, was yeah. on the list back, back there then. too. Um, but the free school came about while you were at Bible college, um, but yeah, this free restaurant and, and the Manor House kind of vision. Um, also, on the list was like doctors who could you know minister to the the ladies at the at the at the house and stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, you just are amazing that these things are coming up. And then I was thinking, because I had lunch with a friend yesterday, and I was talking about the time where in my journals, you know. I, made a stick I, I, I draw stick people and because I can't draw and so everybody has their own gift I don't have that one and so um, the time where I saw you standing on a podium at a racetrack which 
just made no sense at all. The racetrack is what took all our money. Well, <laughs> actually, you gave it to them. Um, but, and so to see these things come to fruition, it's like God doesn't forget. Yeah, I remember the day that, that uh, we did an Easter service at Rotama Park Racetrack. Um, the guy came here yeah. and asked you. He just, he just dropped out of nowhere and said, would you do an Easter service at the racetrack? And I said, sure. And we got all of our people out there and people from the, from the track came. And uh, I opened that message by, by reading that very thing that you'd, you'd written down mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord said that Ron would be preaching at, the, at a racetrack. Mm-hmm. And it was all those years before. And you just think, God, you, you, you never not only not forget things, mm-hmm. but you're so faithful to bring us. Uh, because we were completely oblivious to that. Yeah. And uh, that started a ministry uh, for maybe a couple of years after that, that some of our guys were going over there to the racetrack on a, a weekly and monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Taking them food and having a Bible study with mm-hmm. them. Crazy. God is just, he's so concerned with everybody hearing the gospel so that a lot of people will get saved. He's just an amazing God like that. And you know, our scattering women, seed. Scattering <laughs> seed. And you know, our, um, our women's retreat theme this year is Occupy. And the scattering the seed or, you know, just sharing the gospel. Wherever we go, not really. I mean, we care what seed it falls on. We really want it to fall on that that good seed, uh, that good soil that produces thirty, sixty, hundred. But just spread it, you know. And, and like you were saying the other day, um, sometimes the people we're sharing with, they may just be polite and just stand there. But you know, they're not home. They're really not listening. They're like. When is she going to stop mm-hmm. talking? When is he going to stop talking? But there's other people around who maybe don't don't even hear the whole thing, but they can see that the Holy Spirit's at work. They can feel the the warmth, the love of of God coming from us or whoever's sharing Him, and uh, it's just kind of a wonderful. It's a good life, Pastor <laughs> You know, um, uh, Paul writes to Philemon. Uh, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. And, Paul, it's it's clear to me, looking back over the years, uh, it's clear to me that, that the, the numbers of Christians who, who are just unwilling to share their faith. I mean, God hasn't asked us to do it. He's told us to do it. Mm-hmm. And there are just people that won't do it. It mm-hmm. makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't want... I don't want people to think we're, I'm weird. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So uh, this is just private. Mm-hmm. Um, um, th- that's disobedience. And they're missing out on so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we've done for all these years is we've sort of indiscriminately scattered seed everywhere we go. And it's amazing the crop that, that really does spring up. Mm-hmm. And our responsibility isn't for the soil. Our responsibility is only to scatter the seed. Mm-hmm. I did that teaching uh, this is past Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when you're faithful to do that, it, it, our lives change immeasurably. Our, our focus, um, our, our strength that comes from the Spirit of God, uh, all of that just is exponentially greater because we took a step of obedience, the Acts 5.32 principle. You know, God gives the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. those who mm-hmm. obey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what we've got to do is just remember that God is telling us these things for a reason. He's the one that we call Lord, so we got to do what he tells us to do. Mm-hmm. I do understand the intimidation factor in sharing your faith because, you know, you think we, we think we've got to know more than we actually do. Um, but what do you always say? You, you don't know what you know until you start sharing it. That's exactly what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I, sometimes when I'm walked away from a conversation, because I, I, I know me, but I can say without a doubt that the Holy Spirit is a genius and he will just drop what needs to be said in my head, or you know, but that's, so like, that's because in part you put it in. For sure, yeah. He he does promise that to you. If you're faithful to put it in, he'll be faithful to put it out. 
Um, but there's some times when I'm talking and and I'm not sure if I read what I just finished saying. But I know it's true. And there's some there's been some times but you remember in the beginning, especially when we first came here, because at the Bible college they did not have a class for the pastor's wife. <laughs> and I didn't think that was quite right, I, but I wasn't a student. I could have been a, you know, we couldn't both afford to go, and they were giving you a scholarship, which was awesome. You're called to be the pastor, and we'll talk, maybe talk about that later. I just got a key, and I'm good with that. Um, but I remember sharing the gospel with people, and them accepting, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then coming home, because we didn't have cell phones in, coming home, and wanting you to come back with me. <laughs> make sure you got it right. <laughs> yeah, to make sure they're really saved, you know, all the way. Save, saved. Um, and so I understand the intimidation factor because we think we need to beat these deep theologians when even the little kids, kindergartners know how to pray, yeah. you know. You know, not not to be contrary here, but, but, but I think that is, um, you, you know, not knowing enough can always be fixed. I think I think the real problem is that we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want people to look at us like we're strange. And mm-hmm. and uh, I just, Paula, Christians don't know what they're missing. In fact, what what I would invite you to, we're, we're inside five minutes now for this half of the Already? program. Already? Yeah, it's gone fast. Uh, but but for the second half of the program, anybody out there, I'd like to know. Uh, you know, take a two-minute phone call. I'd like to know. Um, why you don't share the gospel. Mm-hmm. When God says to scatter seed, do it everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're the farmer. Mm-hmm. And, and and we don't do that. Why? Mm-hmm. Why do we think we have a choice? What is it that makes us unwilling to be obedient to the one that we call the Lord? And, and especially in these last days with the urgency of the hour. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like for, for the people in the audience to do, uh, and you can call anonymously if you want to, but but... Our, our whole point here is we want people to say, Lord, um, you've told me to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that step of obedience, and your spirit is going to meet me. So uh, for the second half of the program, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Yeah. I was telling a story the other day. <clears throat> I'm talking a lot, right? <laughs> telling a story the other day about <clears throat> when Pastor Barry was here. And he tells a story, and he cannot tell this testimony without crying. He was a youth pastor at a church, and he wasn't even saved. And he didn't share the gospel with those kids. And so now that he's saved, and has been for years now, but um, at the, when he first came here and he shared that story, he just said, all the opportunities that I missed. You know, and God doesn't need any of us. That's not the issue. Um, he wants to. He wants to use us, and I remember. You know, I mean, going to Pastor Barry, all the faces that he probably could see that he had opportunities to share Jesus with, and then he didn't for whatever reason. Um, regret. At the same time, Jesus says, "I've not lost one," so he's going to get the people that he knows are going to be saved. He doesn't need us, but I remember. So specifically, the Lord telling me to go and share. And I didn't do it because he doesn't know me. I don't know enough. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all those excuses that we we make up. Moses said, I can't even speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and yet I knew the Lord wanted me to go, and I didn't go. And the man died. You know, and that was just... I, I remember having to talk you off the ledge on that one. I mean, yeah. you were just... Devastated yeah. when when you read that the, the man died. He was a very well known, wealthy man mm-hmm. in the area that we lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd actually worked for him at one point in yeah. the past, yeah. and um, um, you just thought that his death was on you. Yeah, I, I really did. And oh man, it was like, wow, Lord, you told me to go, and he died. He's going to hell because of me. You know, I mean, I really did. Because, again, think I was Satan, a baby think, Christian. Yeah, think Satan was whispering in your ear then? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> my goodness, yes. And so, um, but just to encourage everybody, just tell them what God's done for you. You know, um, 
Yeah, and, and I would I would add to that, Paula. We 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 we've got to get past the place. We're, we're in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got God's word. We've got to get past the place where we think we have a choice when He tells us to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people will say, especially with all the talk now because of the free restaurant and the other things that God has done uh, here at Calvary Chapel. Um, uh, well, how did you have the faith to do that, or what? What do you mean? How did I, I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm a man under orders, mm-hmm. and we do what we're told to do. This is His church, and He's never asked for my opinion. He's never wondered what I thought about something. He didn't consult me either. Like, what do you think, Precious? Is this going to make you uncomfortable? Because <laughs> 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 I would let him know right off. He didn't mm-hmm. have to ask me. I go in the restroom all the time. And say, Lord, this man you gave me, we're going to do something else free. Oh my goodness. See, that's the thing. He didn't spring all the free stuff on me right at the beginning. He just gave me a vision for the stuff. <laughs> he just didn't that's tell right. me. So I'm figuring, okay, we're going to have a church of 20,000 people. Uh-huh. We have plenty of money coming in. We yeah, can do yeah. all these things. Uh-huh. And, and he never said anything about free until we actually started to do it. <laughs> so, hey. That's true. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day program. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. I would love to get some input, some honest input. Search your heart. Why aren't you sharing the gospel with people? We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh 340-9585 let's go to salado texas and talk with bobby on line one bobby thanks for calling you're on the air Bobby, are you still there? Hi, Bobby. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, Okay. Uh, I like you guys. You're the real deal. I've been listening to you for about three years. Uh, You and I have similar type of testimonies. I got saved when I was 43. And I wouldn't go back to the world for anything. That was not fine. But I didn't call you up about that. It was regarding uh, cancer. And uh, mm-hmm. I've had cancer on and off for like 10 years. And uh, I study the Bible. As a matter of fact, I'm reading Ebershine's book for the second time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was told I had cancer, I think I had uh, five seconds of really fear. Then all of a sudden, it segued into the best calm I've ever had in my whole life. And it's an opportunity when you go to the doctor to get chemo or something of that sort, you know, there's people in there and they're scared. And it is an opportunity yep. to tell them who Jesus is. Yep. I don't know if I'm the exception, but uh, every time I've had cancer, uh, I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change it. And the reason is it's, it, it, it's, it does something to your spirit. And it's a positive, and it's not a negative. You know, nobody wants cancer. But if you have it, it's how you look at it. I look at, I look at it as a as an olive press. And God is getting everything He can out of me. He's trying to ch- change me to be more like Jesus. And I just have a sense of calm that's uh, uh, amazing. Oh. Bless your heart, Bobby. Hey, Bobby, you you guys are near. You're up near near Temple, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we we've got a couple cover chapels up there. Some good guys that that uh, I ordained them and got them affiliated in cover Chapel. So uh, keep praying for them, Bobby. You know the 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 peace that passes understanding is is the way Paul describes what you've just described, and and it's it it's it's base is that we really believe God's promises. Uh, when I was going in the hospital and, and with some heart issues, um, my, in my situation, I never had any health issues and suddenly this freak thing happened. Um, but, but I was able to look at Paul and say, don't let me embarrass Jesus. Don't let me embarrass you. 
Because you can't let the, the things that are happening to you compromise your walk with Jesus. You know, people like you and, and, and me, Bobby, we tell people that they can trust the Lord. We can tell him that he's good. Um, but if we can't practice that in our own lives, then it's just empty words. And what you've described uh, is a man who really believes the promises of God. He's never promised that bad things wouldn't happen. He just promised that he would be with us during the whole time we're going through those bad things. And I think your example here for so many, Bobby, is is just um, a man who believes Jesus' promises. And the result of that, the benefit from that, is uh, a peace that passes understanding. God bless you, Bobby. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate mm-hmm. the call mm-hmm. very much. Yeah, um, we... As a lot of people might know, Ron and I go to church twice before we come to church here. So first we listen to Pastor Tony Evans, and then we listen to Charles Stanley. Well, uh, something Bobby just said, because um, Charles Stanley was talking about adversity. Is it a burden or is it a bridge? And if it's a burden, we're going to whine and complain. Um, If it's a bridge, we're going to understand that whatever happens to us in our life, um, and we, I, I think it's one of those things we we learn how to do this, you know. We learn how to trust the Lord. Um, but what what you just said, adversity has made you a more effective comforter, and that's from Second Corinthians one three four and then eight um, was what Charles Stanley referred in Scripture to. Um, you get to go to your doctor's appointments, and you're looking at and for people who are afraid that you can give them the comfort that you yourself have received, that they can too if they're not a believer. And so, seriously, thank you so much for calling. God bless you very much. Yeah, and there's there's an example of what scattering seed is all about. Um, You know, in a hospital room, there's going to be a lot of of pressure, both spiritually and and, uh, secular pressure, um, not to bug people about this kind of thing. But people in... Um, for for cancer treatment, they're afraid. Mm -hmm. And because they're afraid, um, um, it's our responsibility to to show them that there is a a difference. And somebody who's dealing with cancer uh, can speak with an authority that somebody like me can't speak with. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you know about what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. But they can't say that to somebody like Bobby. So that's what Scattering Seed is all about. It's very, very important. Yeah. That's that's. Thank you so much. That was very encouraging. Yeah. I'm sure for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that, babe. Um, that adversity is it a burden or is it a bridge? Because you know we're all born for adversity, and the Lord has told us in this world we will have trials, we have tribulation. You know, but like Bobby, what are you going to do? You you you. It's it's what you have now, and so. Let's make the best of the situation. Well, Paul, I mean, he went through a lot, you know. Just read Second Corinthians eleven, um, yeah, eleven twenty-eight, eleven and twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But um, just like Bobby, Paul learned he could experience contentment in the midst of adversity. He learned that. Praise the Lord, Bobby learned that in five seconds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what God? God's in control. You know, I freak out most of the time. And then I think, but my freak out, I wanted to get down to five seconds. So far, <laughs> no. <laughs> but learning to experience the contentment in the midst of the adversity. Um, and Paul learned that he could experience God's supernatural strength in his weakness. You know, Lord, there's nothing I can do to change my situation. Yeah. You know, Paula, my, um, um, my fear um, when I'm dealing with something, when, when I was going through the heart thing, mm-hmm. and it was such a freak thing. I know. And, you know, um, uh, the doctors told me if I wasn't in such good shape, I'd have died. Yeah. Uh, just a virus hit my heart and, mm-hmm. and did some damage. And so it just starts happening at, at the moment. And um, my, my fear uh, with things like this is that uh, I won't be able to do what God created me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we understand that, that if something would happen to me uh, where I can't do this any longer, well, God would just provide a completely new audience that I could share with. Yeah. 
um, wouldn't be on big as big a scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but but God never promised me a big scale. Um, but but there's always people where you are that that God is positioned in your life uh, in order for you to be able to tell them who he is and what he's done. Yeah. And I think we need to do that. You know, one of my favorite uh, counseling uh, Bible passage, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it's required that every man given a trust by God must prove faithful. And, and sometimes the way we prove faithful um, is through these kinds of trials and tests. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I pray a lot. Lord, help me pass my test. Help me pass my test. Um, And so I'm sure Paul did too. Um, I want to, I want to rightly represent you, Lord. You know, he's in jail most of most of his time as a Christian, and um, he wanted to rightly represent. So he learned that the source for all of his needs is the Lord. But what you're talking about is he could trust in God's faithfulness. God is faithful. Okay, Lord, so here I am in this situation. You love me. You've, you've taken me through a lot of things. Doesn't change the promises he's made to us. That's right. I'm going to count on your faithfulness. And, you know, just what you just said, talking about it might be on a smaller scale. You weren't looking for a big scale in the first place. You were just so happy that you were saved. Your name was written in the book of life and you weren't going to hell anymore. <laughs> Who would have you? I mean, that was you were so cute. And while you were um, in the hospital and at home recuperating, I was a small audience. And I witness God's faithfulness and his strength. You know, the funny thing through all of that is um, I only missed one Sunday through that whole time. Now, I was in pain, Mm -hmm. but I only missed one Sunday. After the surgery, yeah. Yeah. Before the surgery, you missed Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. Yeah, just because I was passing out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all dizzy and everything. But But see, people are looking to see, well, let's see if his faith is really real. That's right. And we were able to stand up before people and, and, and declare God is good, mm-hmm. even when we were in the middle of that kind of a trial. Mm-hmm. And Bobby obviously learned yep. that lesson. Yep. Let's go to line one and talk with Debbie from San Antonio. Debbie, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paula. Hi. How are you? You know, who, you know which, good. You know which Debbie this is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I miss you. Yeah, anyway, a little bit, huh? I wanted. Um, I can tell your voice. I know who you are. Your last name so starts sweet. with an L. Oh, you're so precious. Thank you. See, <laughs> Pastor Ron, you got an you, you you got a jewel right there. Don't forget do. Valentine's Day, honey. <laughs> oh no! I told him all about it today. <laughs> I said, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? No, we don't really celebrate it because today was Valentine's Day. How you doing? We miss you. I miss you guys so much. You have no idea. I can't wait to go back home. Good. All right. So um, what you call for to, to tell us you love us still, you didn't forget us, what? Well, that's important, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's going on, baby? But no. Okay. I... um. I was talking to a coworker here at work, and um, I was trying to. Ex- I came into a snag, and I need your help, Pastor Ron. Okay. In the book of Job, okay, in the book of Job, uh, what was it? Satan, you know, went and he was. He has to report to God, right? So right. he's going up there, and he and. God asked him, where did you come from? And he said, oh, just, you know, coming here and there. I found it kind of strange that him, he would be in heaven. I didn't think that angels, you know, would be able to go into heaven. Can you explain that? Yeah, I can, Debbie. In fact, uh, in Genesis, when uh, Jacob goes to sleep and he sees the, the, the vision of God, Jacob's ladder, uh, he sees the angels ascending and descending 
on that ladder. So they're traveling constantly between heaven and earth. Now, what I don't understand, God didn't ask me what I thought, but I don't understand why God gives Satan access to heaven. Uh, Lucifer, um, the, 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 the fallen demon um, who we know is the devil, um, uh, clearly still has access to heaven. Uh, he will until he's completely cast out. That'll happen um, during the Great Tribulation. Um, but, but why he does, and God was simply acknowledging that, that um, he, he was watching what Satan was doing. You've been checking out my servant Job. It wasn't that God was offering Job up. He was just saying, you've been acknowledging, or you've been checking out my servant Job, looking for an opportunity to destroy him. And and basically, the devil challenged God, and God, for some reason that we won't know until we get to heaven, accepted the challenge. But but please be sure um, that that Satan is being controlled by God. I mean, he has the ability to, to, to create all this evil mess, but... Um, God's got him on a leash, and he had him on a leash with Job. He has him on a leash with us. So whatever the people you were talking to, whatever their question is, um, angels, both fallen and unfallen angels, have access to heaven. If I may say so real quick, hi, Ernesto. He's the one that I was talking to here at work. So he says he listens to you every day. Mm. <laughs> okay. So Ernesto's a believer? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Bless your heart, Ernesto. Um, well, it's a wonderful thing that you are sharing, and as you are sharing with each other, um, this is how you find out, you know, somebody who's who studied for a long time maybe, and now you guys can get a good answer. I'm just thankful I live at the house. You think I would know more? Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, God bless you. You you are missed, and Ernesto, thank you for listening to the program so faithfully, and God bless you as well. Maybe we'll meet you one day. That would be awesome. That would be really awesome. You know, talking about Job and how uh, the enemy was checking him out, and God says, uh, "I'm gonna let you at him, but you can't have his life." You know, sometimes. Um, we wonder, so why does God let that happen? Well, God always has, and this is back to Charles Stanley again. I, I love him, and I've been walking around in my house reading this. But God has a specific purpose for adversity in, in the life of a believer. And, you know, in the end, um, God could say, you thought you had him, but no, get away from my, my servant, Joe. Yeah, and you know, Paula, whether or not God has a specific purpose for adversity or not, and we know He does, but it's not like God creates it. We're we're all of us in this fallen world going to deal with adversity anyway. Yeah, it, it's not like why does God let bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. It's it's bad things happen because we live in a bad world, mm-hmm. and and Christians aren't immune from that. But it's in that adversity that not only is our Faith tested. Peter says that our, our, our the trials are more precious than gold to us, because it demonstrates our faith. I think about Abraham taking a three day walk with Isaac mm-hmm. to sacrificing on Mount Moriah, mm-hmm. and and um, for three days he would wrestle. Why would you ask this? How could you ask this? You know I love my son. This son was a gift from you. And on and on and on. But by the time he got there on the third day, he'd come to the conclusion, according to Hebrews chapter 11, he came to the conclusion that, well, God, I'm going to do this because I love you, but you've got to keep your promises so raising him from the dead is on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and see, that's a trial that proved that his faith was genuine. It proved the place of God in his life. And I think a lot of us as Christians, we like to say Jesus is Lord. We like to say, Jesus, you're number one. But but, but we don't want any trials because maybe we'd find out that he isn't really the priority in our lives. Yeah, you asked that. I think it was this last, not maybe not, not this last study. You know, they kind of all run together now, Pastor Ron. But, um, <laughs> you tell me, I'm doing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's the priority? You know, is there anything or anyone in our lives that 
really does take up more time or, or more of our thoughts than even Jesus. Man, it's hard to come over here to this church, if you're not saying. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. I think we've got a few minutes left in the program today. Paula, what's on your heart? What do you want to do well, next? Well, the other thing, you know, you always tell oh, us. Let's, let's break. We've got, we got a phone caller. So All right. Cool. Let's take this call first. Mike from San Antonio on line one. Mike, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Ron. How you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you. Good. I've called several times. Oh, you always give me great answers. Hey, I got a gentleman I work with I've known for years. We're not really close, but he's got a daughter that's probably 2021 with a chronic health condition. I won't get into the great details, but there's nothing that, I mean, the doctors have done multiple surgeries. This poor child is just suffering with this chronic, chronic condition, and I talked to him today about the mental health aspect of it. And, you know, I shared a little bit with him uh, about Paul's struggle with the uh, thorn in the flesh. And how God, in my understanding, clearly intentionally decided, no, I'm not going to take care of this. My grace is sufficient for you. Now, the girl's name happens to be Grace. And I just had a hard time today <laughs> listening to my friend talk and how painful it is. Because human suffering is, is a dilemma to me. And I know that, you yes. know, it happens. I understand fallen nature. I guess my question would be, what, what can I say? Is there anything else that we could share with someone? I don't know if he's born again. But I don't. I shared my testimony a little bit about my frustration, you know, and I shared that those scripture verses. But I don't know what else I could do that's a little more helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mike, thank you for this, the opportunity. Um, we're, we're doing. There's a, there's a 14 year old girl in our church that I have uh, loved since the day she came out of her mother's womb, and she's just recently been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And Paul and I were talking today about how hard it is for some people, and now we got a 14 year old girl with a condition short of God miraculously healing her, uh, the condition that is going to, to, to be a burden for the rest of her life. And, and it's just some people have such a difficult time, and there's, there's no answer. You know, the, the book of Job, um, the, the, the question why is asked all throughout, and there's never an answer given. Um, it is granted unto some to suffer. And we think, well, why doesn't God deliver us? Well, he didn't deliver even his own son. So I think that's the perspective with the people who are going through it and the family members who are close to them. Now, relative, Mike, to, to what can you do um, beyond what you've already done? Uh, when you said, I don't know if he's a born-again believer, the most important thing you can do is find out. Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is a man... Uh, and his family going through really, really difficult things, and they're trying to deal with it most likely on their own. And and I think your job here, Mike, is to be really direct with them and say, um, you know, not only am I praying for you, my heart hurts for you, but um, this is something that you can't go through on your own, and Jesus wants to go through it with you. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And as direct as that might sound, Mike, um, uh, it, it's just it's just a place you got to go when they're going through these really, really difficult times physically and, and emotionally. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it very much. Let's go to Bulverde and talk with Greg online, too. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Greg, we got you. Hi, hi, Greg. Yeah, uh, I'm okay. Y'all there? Yes. Okay. Hey, uh, first of all, I just wanted to just tell y'all how much I appreciate you guys you know, doing what you guys do and your radio program. I listen to you every morning when I'm on the way to work or getting ready for work at four thirty, and and I just think it's uh, amazing that through everything, Paula, you know, didn't quit on you, and y'all have <laughs> such an amazing testimony. And, you know, I just really appreciate it. Unlike my situation, my wife's 34 years, uh, decided it was too tough to live with me, so she, she quit. And I gave her five years to kind of pull it together and do everything I could to, to reconcile it, and she just wouldn't have it. But, uh, you know, it's just a, that's a tough deal. But anyway, um, on top of it, um, I want to do I would. I think it's amazing what y'all guys do with your clinic. And I would like to start, you know, giving a little bit of money every month, you know, for the purposes of the clinic. Uh, I want to know how I can I do that. And I also want to encourage your listening family 
to maybe just throw a little few dollars that way and and help support your your clinic. So how how can we do that? Greg, thank you very much. And we're getting close to to a hard shut off here uh, in time. So I appreciate it very, very much. I didn't set Greg up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know Greg personally, but uh, anybody that wants to give, you can go to calvarysa.com and uh, give uh, using PayPal online, or you can send uh, any any um, love offerings directly to the church, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. And on our website is all the information you need, our, our uh, address and all of that stuff. So um, we'll, we'll take it any way that you can get it. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity, Greg, and appreciate your heart. Thank you very, very much. Well, Paula, we are out of time here. So anything you want to say until the music starts? That went really fast, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, faith, it's, it's a hard thing, but it's, it's, it's a good thing. God, ex- he says, will I find faith on the earth when I return? And so, Lord, increase our faith, each one of us, especially those who are struggling, you know, with physical, mental uh, ailments. It's just, it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Thank you, Paula. I want to I want to give another shout out. I haven't for a while to um, uh, Hindle and Mike. Um, um, Mike, know I've been praying for you, mm-hmm. and um, love to meet you. Love to be able to talk to you. Mm-hmm. May the Lord bless you, touch you, and heal you. Hey, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the program. This is the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM630 Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.